everyone, and welcome to a very special spooky episode of the Anime Brothers Podcast. I am your host of today, Earthworm. JD is not joining us. He has some family obligations that he has to do in a different state, and we just could not find the time to record um, because, well, that and Baldur's Gate. He wanted to get a look. It's fine. I I had work. It's good. But when one door is closed, another door inevitably opens. Uh, JD is not a horror fan. I have become a horror fan. And today, as you can tell by the title of this episode, we are doing our first ever manga review. And that manga is Uzumaki by Junji Ito. Now, of course, I hate recording alone. And I just wasn't going to do it. And also, this guy that I brought along with me is a pretty cool friggin' guy. So I want to introduce everybody to King from the Anime Plummet podcast. King, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, hey, Anime Brothers universe and listeners. It is good to be joining you today, Earthworm. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I'm excited. Yes, I am very excited too. Um, and I, I picked you for this episode for a very special reason. Uh, the reason I picked Uzumaki was because I bought the manga a year ago and I had never taken the time to read it. So here we are. The reason I picked King for the guest is because recently I had uh, guested on his show, uh, Anime Plummet. It hasn't come out yet. It will come out in the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited. I will be hyping it when it drops. But one thing we didn't get to talk about out of all the bullshit that we talked about is uh, what we were reading. We went almost three hours on recording. Just didn't have time. But I did (laughs) mention to King beforehand. I'm like, well, I can bring up that I read a chapter of Uzumaki six months ago, which you got super hyped about because you said, um, I think you said that Junji Ito is your favorite mangaka of all time. Yeah, um, I'm just a big horror head. Uh, you know, as when, when this special little happy hour cast comes up in a few weeks for, for all the people on my side, all the people on your side that get to listen to it, we get loose, we have fun. Um, you know, I think it's funny when I tell people I love junji ito and body horror and all this stuff and and as we got into it last time i'm a big hippy dippy dude uh i'm all for more tie-dye more color more fun but something about junji ito just speaks to me <laughs> and to get to a talk with a first-time reader of the it's without a doubt it's the best thing he's he's pretty much done um this gyo is another close second one that i that i really love that maybe we can check out down the road but I'm excited to get into it with you, man. This is a fun one for me, and I, I love Junji Ito. Oh, dude, I am a new fan. I, this is my first Junji Ito manga. This is my first horror manga. I've only read a handful of manga in general, so this was a fucking cool experience. Uh, but before we get into that, I do uh, I want you to tell the people about Anime Plummet, uh, how it started, what you guys go- got going on now, and literally anything else you want to plug. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can tell you guys already, you already have good taste because you're listening to the Anime Bros podcast. I'm also a fellow listener, just like you out there. I've been listening to these cats since pretty much since they started. Um, I remember when you guys uh, started linking up with the Anime Summit crew, which we, my my podcast with, with my three friends, uh, started under their network. So we're like the little sister podcast of them. Uh, Anime Plummet is basically just covering the things that Summit doesn't really care for or doesn't have time for. Uh, For instance, we drudge through all the dumpsters for some trashy anime, etchy stuff, your crappy isekais. 
uh things that that danny nick and sam over at anime summit they're just like nah we're good on that (laughs) (laughs) so if you enjoy edgy stuff trashy stuff um we do tons of retro reviews as well our buddy ed is a huge retro head um we we cover all sorts of different stuff and we do seasonal reviews and impressions and things like that so if you enjoy this show if you enjoy anime summit please uh, links.animesummit.net or any streaming service you got come check out anime plummet and i will say right now if you guys like the format of the anime summit smackdown we've been building all summer long for what we call the summer of girlfriends summer smackdown <laughs> and i know right it all we're doing is reviewing girlfriend themed shows we've done four of them including girlfriend girlfriend rent a girlfriend Seikano, how to build a girlfriend and domestic girlfriend oh man if i say the girl this the word girlfriend one more time i'm gonna freak out and just go and, <laughs> i'm i'm gonna turn into a spiral which is a hint for what we're going to talk about in a minute but we've been reviewing all these shows we got 16 in a bracket now and we're gonna battle it out to see who is the best anime girlfriend we're gonna have nick from anime summit as a special guest so if you enjoy this kind of stuff you're gonna love that come over to our side check it out i love the anime bros <clears throat> excuse me I've been hanging out, getting to hang out with Earthworm the past couple of weeks, which has been mad fun. We're setting stuff up with JD here shortly. So I love these cats and it's been super fun and I'm really excited to get into it, man. So I'll let you take it from there. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I do want to say I'm super impressed that you guys have taken and done like 16 separate reviews to build to uh, your SmackDown because we do uh, a bracket style episode. We call it tournament arcs or whatever. And we never considered putting that much time into deciding, like, getting to know the characters. Like, we've had, I mean, this was before JD was reading One Piece. We had Zoro (laughs) in a fucking uh, bracket, and nobody on the bracket was a One Piece head. So the poor guy got axed immediately. Yeah, yeah, we want to make sure. And, and of course, you have to, with, with four, we you know, reviewing four shows or whatever, some of the the gals we picked were like, Ooh, this is bottom of the barrel. We can speak to them, but it's like, oh, honey, you ain't going to go far. We already know it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised, dude. At least in my experience, sometimes the meme will carry a fucking character. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you've got to hang out with Nick before. And, you know, like convincing oh, yeah. him who the best is, uh, is that we'll, uh, I'll just be like, well, she's got bigger boobs and Nick will be like, mm, that's a point. She wins <laughs> <laughs> or something stupid like that. Um, but we're going to try to do it on their merits of character more so than looks. But uh, you guys know how anime can divulge into bullshit. So of come course. check us out and we'll have fun with that. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, before we get into the topic of Uzumaki, I do want to see if you got anything else going on in your life that the people might be interested in. And you know, we're big, we're big nerds and we do stuff that might not come up in the in the review of a podcast. So is there anything that uh, you think the people might be interested in? Yeah. Let me say this. Um, with the, the new happy hour episode, uh, earthworm and I got into a debate about music. And by debate, we just had a good laughing time about things we liked growing up. Uh, earthworm. I took it that you're more of a hardcore kid. You're more oh, yeah. of a, a scene, like a, a, in high school, we would call them scene scene kids. I don't yeah. know if that's the right term. No, and that, so, that, that describes me well. Mall emo could also be a good descriptor. Oh, 100%. And I've always, I've, I've just felt strongly about this over the last year. There are so many metal, 
hardcore and even hip hop heads in the anime community. And I don't see enough hippies. I don't see enough jam band love. And I want to put this out there. If you're a gamer like me, like Mr. Earthworm here, who's who's toiling away hours of Baldur Gate, you need a backing soundtrack. Here's the thing. <laughs> when you're playing a game, maybe there's some dialogue, you're grinding out, whatever it is, you have to read stuff. You don't want lyrics. Put on a jam band, man. It's like, put on a fish album, a live fish one. You got 30 minutes of jamming with no uh, lyrics involved. So you can just focus in on the beat and the, and the melody and just tune everything out and just play some video games. So I'm promoting fish. That, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> all your, all your fans are going to write in and be like, who the hell is this guy? Tell him to shut up. <laughs> No, I honestly, at least all the fans that I've had the pleasure of interacting with, I am alone in my in my really? hardcore kidness. I I mean, I can't speak to them being fans of jam bands either, but I've uh I've had somebody compare one of my favorite bands, which is Counterparts, and they're like melodic hardcore to one of the Death Note openings, which is very new metal, <laughs> very industrial. And I was like, no. Those aren't the same. And shouts out to Sky uh, because we love you. But he was like, dude, I, they're the same fucking thing to me. And I think I yelled at him. And I don't know if that was necessary, but I was angry. <laughs> well, you know what? Double shout out to Sky. Sky, next time you're gaming or you're just hanging out, pop on Fish, a live one on Spotify. A live one. That's the best intro to Fish. And he'll write, they'll write into you and they'll be like, yeah, this sounds like, this sounds like the same shit over and over for 30 minutes too. And you can tell me about it. <laughs> How many songs? I feel like it's one song or 20. I just don't know. You're like, is this the same thing? And, and you look at the track and you're like, oh yes, it is. It's a 35 minute song. Sweet. <laughs> good. Good. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. All right. I'm glad you. I'm not glad, but you know, I did tell you, you <laughs> take this time and do whatever you wanted. So, oh, and Almond Brothers band rules, and that's a me and Earthworm inside joke. Um, yeah, I well, you'll get that one. You'll get that one when the uh, when the drunk cast comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I like to say happy hour cast, but it definitely is just a drunk cast because it's me and imbibing and getting way too wild. I mean, for me, it was definitely, um, you know, but three beers is like drunk to me. I'm a fucking lightweight. So, you know, after that, I was going up to my girlfriend, just being all snuggly and, sh and shit. It was just like, <laughs> man, I'm feeling great. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Spread the love, man. Spread the love. Yeah. Um, as far as I go, I'm still playing Baldur's Gate. Uh, I won't bore you all with the intimate details, but I will say I <laughs> I got to act three, which is, you know, I at least two thirds of the way through the game, I'd say maybe a little less. The act three is pretty big. And I got a cutscene that not like a little piece of dialogue that confirmed that my my in-game crush uh, had no interest uh, romantically in me. Oof. So I started over. <laughs> Just fucking wiped the slate clean. And now I am going full save scum. And every time I do something she disapproves of. I restart and do it again. I will not lose out on my big red woman for a third fucking time. Not again. Ooh. Oh man, I feel I feel that for you because I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Remake on uh, the PS5, and I'm like, okay, I can't be too nice to Aerith because I really want to be nice to Tifa, but I don't think it matters in Final Fantasy games. I feel like it's always a tease, anyways. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't want to really spoil Final Fantasy, even though it's like a fucking thirty-year-old thing almost. But we all kind of know what what happens. Um, so I yeah, think you're yeah, making, I've... I think you're making the right choice, King. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I, I, I played the OG on on PS One when I was a kid way back in the day, but but getting to play the remake for the first time is man, is it pretty and it's fun and it's just like. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to screw up my my virtual girlfriend. No, <laughs> it's fucking real, man. It is super real. The uh, the exact quote that she said. One of uh, she found an old uh, an old friend in the city, and her old friend was like, "Are you two together?" And she goes, "Ew, no, just mates, oh. good mates." And I'm like, I can only hear that so many times before I cry, dude. That's so brutal. Whoever coded that in, like you're you're just mean you're being mean at this point hey i've got a question about Baldur's gate too sure um we got to talk about a bit about it on that happy hour cast and you guys put out a great episode recently in the last couple of weeks about your experience with Baldur's Gate. is there is there an ending to Baldur's gate like is there i got to do this one last thing and then the game is done kind of thing or is it just forever going there is an ending um there are from what i've come to understand a whole handful of endings you can come up with depending on your choices throughout the game and like your choices at the end uh i just haven't gotten there yet and i've a lot of people i've talked to that are playing Baldur's gate have not completed it for one reason or another either wow yeah either it's a they lost out on a companion and they didn't want to finish the game without them or Occasionally, somebody will just say, I don't like this class, so uh, I'm just going to, instead of just changing it midway through, some people are really into the role play, so they'll just completely start over with the new class, so it's not weird that your that you're healing cleric turned into a god, a devil-worshipping warlock halfway through. That sound, first off, that sounds metal as hell, and I'm, I'm about that. I'm like, like, that sounds great. I like that turn of character. But it sounds like there's more, enjo- like, it's the game's more enjoyable just taking on random quests, going off the, the beaten paths and everything. You're like, well, I'm not in a rush to beat this thing. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I do definitely want to see where it ends. But for a big part for me is the, like, I, I, I like watching virtual numbers get bigger. That's why I like strategy games um, <laughs> where I can build an empire. Just watch that, those virtual numbers grow and grow. So a lot of it for me is like finding all the gear and trying to optimize my character gear wise to where I just I I am stacked in such a way that I can do cool shit. Like that's half the fun for me. And like I like the story and all, but I've never been a very story driven gamer. So Mm. it's it's like there's obviously parts. I'm very attached to certain companions and whatever, but the grand overarching story I'm not dying to find out where it ends because that's not why I'm playing any video game, um, even this one with a pretty cool story. And we come back to what's the point of beating the game if you don't have a sexy girlfriend with you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If I can't have my big red woman who will light me on fire when I hold her, what the fuck's the point? What is What, what are we even playing here? You know? <laughs> uh all right um so i guess that's probably it we should probably get to the topic uh we're gonna take a quick break and let some lo-fi jams play and then when we come back it's all uzumaki
Okay, Uzumaki, mangaka Junji Ito. Genre, horror. Month, October. Uzumaki is a manga penned by Junji Ito uh, between the years of 1998 and 1999. And as far as the quick synopsis goes, I'm just going to read you all the back of the book because I, uh, I think it summarizes it pretty damn well. Kuruzucho, a small fog-bound town on the coast of Japan, is cursed. According to Su- Shuichi Saito, the withdrawn boyfriend of teenager Kairi uh, Goshima, their town is haunted, not by a person or being, but a pattern. Uzumaki, the spiral, the hypnotic secret shape of the world fall into a whirlpool of terror and that's pretty much it junji ito is a massive fan of uh of cosmic horror he it's stated in the beginning of the book that he takes big inspiration from hp lovecraft among others and he decided spirals are kind of weird it's kind of wonky the hypnotizing shape i'm gonna scare the shit out of people with a shape and son of a bitch he did it oh yeah King, um, I want to ask you, uh, so you're a Junji Ito fan prior to me uh, talking to you and asking you to review Uzumaki. So, like, tell me a little bit of your history with Junji Ito, maybe your greater history with horror, so on and so forth. Yeah, totally. Um, like I said before, I'm a horror head. I enjoy, I've always, enjoyed, there's just something about horror, especially growing up. Uh, I was really, I, I was raised in a, a moderately strict Catholic household, like maybe some other people, not not like crazy strict or anything, just a little bit of moderate in the 90s. And one of the big no-nos at the time was watching horror films on TV and something about it. You know, you, you, you're you not supposed to do it. It's, it's violent. And there's like good, there, let me say this, there is some good reason to not show kids horror and there's a reason oh, they yeah. sneak it. Um, <laughs> yeah i definitely got affected by it and you know had night terrors and certain things so children don't watch horror wait till you're a little older or have context i hope but, uh, that everybody listening to this podcast is of a of an age to uh, be able to watch horror and read uzumaki if you aren't i what are you doing here we say a lot of bad words get out of here yeah get yeah seriously get out of here with that because it's it's important to be like i have a full understanding of like this is not real and there's something tantalizing about that. I mean, I could apply it to anime, fantasy, all of these, all of these things that we love here. And but but horror for me was always something that was a little scandalous to watch, a little mysterious, the unknown. You know, there was a lot of the devil is bad kind of thing growing up. So uh, growing up watching Nightmare on Elm Street and um, Friday the 13th, Halloween, Chucky, all of these things really had an impact on on what I would come to love in the future. Uh, when I got more into manga in my 20s, and now I'm a big manga head and, and really enjoyed and, and enjoy the Anime Summit Manga Club, I just, it took off for me. I, I, I got my hands on Uzumaki was probably the first thing I read by Junji Ito when I heard that I just Googled one day, what is good horror manga? And this is pretty like his name was the first thing that came up, uh, and it just stuck with me. I think his style is very to me his style is very easy to absorb at first. I'm just talking about the characters, the backgrounds, 
It's a classic manga look. Before we get into the weird body horror stuff, it looks, you know, I, I'm I have the first chapter open right now, and it's just the introduction of Kairi Goshima. She looks like an average uh, manga character. There's nothing salacious or crazy about it, so it's very approachable from that viewpoint. But of course, in the same chapter, you'll get something absolutely bananas like the spirals that he puts in or the eyeballs or tongues or whatever it is. And it just takes off from there. So for me, I just felt right at home when I got into Junji Ito and I started to want to consume everything he's, he's written. And for the most part, I've, I've read almost all of his works. He's still continuously putting out new stuff. I just got to read uh, black paradox, which is one of his latest stories about um, a group of folks who make a pack uh, to commit suicide, but things oh. change and it gets spooky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let me ask you, what uh, what are some of your favorite genres or perhaps subject subject matter to be featured in horror? Uh, I, of course, I uh, you know uh, they say a lot of horror will talk about um, you know societal comments on. It could be race, it could be politics, class. Uh, these are always great things to involve in any fantasy story. I, th- I I mean, you know, you start talking about class, I'll be very interested in in that kind of thing. Um, but but you're also looking for elements of um, I like a a, a, a buildup. You know, there are there's something there's something there's nothing wrong with jump scares. I'm a fan of that um, kind of style of horror. I, I, you know, I enjoy it all, but. The slow build is really important. Um, talking about, I, I really enjoyed him looking at the idea of the spiral. Uh, he he kind of almost explains it like there's something geometrically hypnotic about it. And if you start to look into the backstory of, of Uzumaki, why did he write it? He just became super fascinated by spirals. What do they mean? What do they signify? And he kind of became obsessed about it. And I... If I find out that there's a backstory to any sort of, which there always is, of course, any sort a sort of horror story, I'm almost more interested in that than the actual, like, why, how did you get here? Why did you get here? Um, so some mystery is really important in horror for me. Like, why is this, why are we even talking about this spiral subject? It's so weird. Yeah. But I love yeah. that kind of stuff. I feel you, dude. So I'm I'm a pretty new fan to horror. I'd say... You know, genuinely what got me into the idea of actually watching and reading and ingesting horror media was the Super Eye Patch Wolf video on Eldritch Garfield. Or I think oh. it's titled Yeah, it's titled What the Internet Did to Garfield. It's like an hour and forty five <laughs> minutes and it is fucking outstanding. Um real quick, King, are you familiar with what the internet did to Garfield? Okay, so I'm I'm familiar with Super Eyepatch Wolf, and I've watched a. He, I know he's a horror head, and I've watched some of his horror commentary. I've seen I've I've seen the thumbnail of that video, but I was like Garfield, he eats lasagna on Monday and hates Monday, <laughs> so I did not. So what happened to him? Okay, so uh, real 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 short. Um, essentially, the internet had kind of started fucking around with the idea of Garfield comics and how mundane they are, and they started like slowly change things you know how internet culture does there's like garfield minus garfield where they just erase him and it becomes just john arbuckle talking about his depression is kind of what happens anyway fast forward and you have a subreddit created called r slash i'm sorry john and it is all these 
cosmic horror Cthulhu like Garfields that are yes. just torturing John Arbuckle. Okay, that I've seen. I like I've seen them just in meme form on Reddit or just in Discord or whatever. So I've seen that. And okay, now I understand where that comes from. Because I'm like, yo, who's making Garfield weird as fuck looking? <laughs> Dude, it's wild. But uh, yeah, I, I recommend everybody watch the Eyepatch Wolf video because it's it goes deep and it a lot of it might be just, you know, people looking into stuff that's not there. But the fact of the matter is like, Art is subjective and people have drawn somehow people have gone from you're you're like you said, he doesn't like Mondays, he likes, you know, lasagna to whatever the fuck I'm sorry John is. Like people read into Garfield and saw that. So I recommend oh, I that video. That. Fucking great. I love that. And you know what, before we before we continue on to because you I want to bring it back to the OG question. Sure. Of- what I like about Junji Ito, what I like about horror. We talked a little bit of, about this last time that you and I got to hang out. And I, it, this isn't any, you know, this is not new information or breaking or anything. I come back to, I look at horror as a genre that is part of my world of escapism. You know, yes. I'm, okay. I'm happily married. I work a regular nine to five job. I, uh, deal with uh you know stresses in life um ups and downs and all of these crazy things that make life fun and interesting and scary and all of that and to be able to kind of turn that off uh every now and then and escape into a fantasy realm um for some reason horror just really sticks out to me i look at horror as something that can't it's like the furthest thing away from truth in a certain circumstance like Mm -hmm. freddy krueger is is scary because he represents our fears that aren't that just aren't real um in a lot of in most circumstances you know and there's something exciting about that i love the macabre for that reason because I live a pretty sunshine happy I, i i enjoy positivity very much so to get a hold of something that's really opposite of, of how I feel is just tantalizing to me. It's, it's like I said, I come back to it's exciting for me. And it's, it's one of my favorite forms of escapism. Uh, I don't recommend esca- escapism is for a scheduled time, just like everything else in modern ration. It's really good. You got to deal with life. You got to take it head on, but you got to turn off every now and then. And, and horror is a great way for me to do that personally. I I think you're 100% right, and it's kind of different than the isekai power fantasy escapism, where it's like, I want to be him, whereas when you're watching a horror movie, it's, it's, I'm glad I'm not any of these people. At least I hope that's how we're all watching it. I hope we're not watching, like, Michael Myers and being like, fucking hero right there, dude. I want to be that wish, guy. Yeah, I wish that was my best friend. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on. You might want to talk to somebody about that. But like <laughs> Yo. you said, I, if I'm having a tough time... Um, if I'm going through hardship, I'll, I'll turn to this genre and be, and, and there's something about it where I'm like, well, at least I'm not those kids at that summer camp right now. Things aren't too bad. (laughs) (laughs) I've had sex and I haven't died. So I'll take that as a win. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Oh yeah. But, um, anyway, like, like I was saying before we went off on that, I'm new to horror. I um I've never been a big fan of like slasher films. Uh I did with a big caveat of Halloween cuz that movie is expertly crafted. But Absolutely. 
not super big into like slasher films. The jump scares don't really get me. You know, that's not the kind of horror that I seek out. What I enjoy is is very much on the cosmic horror level of, uh, you know, it's it's just that fear of the unknown and seeing something that is so hard to comprehend. Uh, for me, it in it incites that feeling that I get when I look up at like I'm standing at the base of a radio tower and I look up at this looks like miles long structure edging out into the sky and it just makes me feel so small and insignificant that is the feeling i'm looking for with horror i bring that up to say that i think junji ito in the little horror that i've experienced is by far the best cosmic horror that i have ever ever fucking delved into i've tried looking for american media that you know i've looked at the top cosmic horror movies you know i've watched the mist I've watched some some more B films, and while they're good, I I don't think any of them have captured that fear of, like, we have no fucking idea what's going on, why it's happening, or how it could have started, but the fact of the matter is, it is happening. Mm. Yeah, I mean, wow, what a, what a good fear to, to touch on, too, because it's just... Everybody, whether you know it or not, you kind of have it. It's the the fear of, you know, what what is the purpose of, of all this? And like you pointed out, as we get to see more of uh, Caruzacho, the town, you you get the feeling at first it's a small town. But as, you know, the 20 chapters go on, he really expands on it and takes you all over the town. So it feels like this mat like this way bigger at certain points you think there's so many people in the town you're like this is a major city i'm thinking towards the end um when we we can get to it with the row houses and what's inside the row houses you're like how many people live in this freaking town (laughs) no doubt no doubt and it's it's you bring that up and i i agree with you but he keeps that feeling of fucking isolation while making yeah. it seem like this sprawling metropolis. Yeah, it's it's eerie. It's cut off from the rest of the world. Um, I'm I'm someone who is really uh, partial to I live out in, in Colorado in the Rockies. And when you get out there and there's not another human being for, you know, 100 miles or something. There's it's it's it can be eerie and spooky. You're just like, oh, my gosh, if something happened, I don't have self-service. There's there's no way to connect to the real. You know, the next hospital is a helicopter right away at certain points. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I could imagine that's I don't do a lot of like outside in the wilderness stuff, but that might be kind of an underlying reason, because when you start to think (laughs) about it too much, you're right. All those fears do do pop up and 99 percent of the time you're fine but it's just that simple fear of isolation oh yeah you just you can get your into your own head and your own thoughts which happens to one of our characters shuichi that's what's so great about the story is it's not just an outward physical thing of the spirals showing up everywhere in the town it starts to infect people's minds and they Mm. start to go insane and that's like Ooh, there's something I'm just like, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. <laughs> that's great. And that's that's one of the pillars of cosmic horror is it being so out of the realm of comprehension that people go insane. And this kind of plays with that to where it's less of a I don't understand this, so I'm going crazy, and more of more of like you brought up and why Ito got obsessed with the spirals. It's a there's a certain hypnotizing gaze to them um that people are drawn into rather than something that they push away. But 
can add madness all the same. Oh, absolutely. One one question I did have for you coming into this sure. is, um, you know, th- we, we're talking a lot about horror right now, and we're talking a lot about co- um, um, body horror specifically uh, throughout this entire story. Did you find any other elements to the story uh, I'm specific- in any other genre? Specifically, I'm thinking, were there any comedic moments for you? Were there any romantic moments? Anything like that outside of just like, Ugh, that's that that spiral is kind of nasty looking. Um, so without giving away spoilers, um, I, I can't think of any true comedic moments where I felt it truly lighthearted, maybe towards the beginning. But I, I, I mean, I read this all in like two days. So the beginning is a long gone past to me, much like the people in the story. but. As far as romance goes, I will say the ending was, uh, without spoilers, strangely beautiful and romantic, even though it, I wouldn't say it was a happy ending. A hundred percent. I I agree with you in that. I'm curious because this is my, this is probably my third time reading this story over the last couple of years. It's been a little bit since I've read it and I'm, you know, when, whenever you go back to this in like a year or two or something, maybe next Halloween, you know, if you have, you have an idea of what it's about. So, you know, you're not just following kind of the plot or whatever. You're looking at other things. I, there are a few moments where I giggled or just, it was so outrageous. And, and horror does this sometimes where there's some, for some reason, um, like in a horror movie, if Freddy, you know, Freddy Krueger kills someone in a certain way, It'll make people chuckle or they'll be like, oh, snap, you just got got like there's just like elation or something. And I don't I I can't explain what that is, but I'm thinking specifically this is not a spoiler because it's you're going to get to it if you read it. Chapter six, the hair fight. I just laughed. I laughed my ass off. And and if folks, we can get into it in a little bit. But like the hair fight scene is just so stupid. (laughs) No. All right. Now that you bring that up, I I. Maybe I didn't quite feel it at the time, but there is an inherent comedy to people's hair turning into a spiral and hissing at each other. Yeah, that, yeah. It's yeah. It, the absurdity of it, right? It's There's these absurd moments that if you go back and you're like, okay, this is actually kind of goofy at first where I thought it was weird and jarring. You're like, actually, this is kind of goofy. So um, I don't know if you know anything about Junji Ito either, but he is like one of the kindest most humble most approachable uh, um artists in the genre of manga anime the i'm thinking of a famous meme it's uh it's um it's him uh, with the miyazaki right well there's one with him with the cat ears but it's it's a picture of miyazaki and it's a picture of junji ito and miyazaki is like his tagline is just like uh, you know, hates hates life and thinks a lot of people are are awful and created Studio Ghibli and everything that's wonderful and amazing about that. And then on the one on the right, uh, believes that m- all people have good inside them, is wonderful and loves his family and loves life and is a good person. And then he creates he's the master of horror. So it's just <laughs> like this juxtaposition of like, just because you make something that doesn't represent you as a person, you, it's just something you make. Absolutely. And um, I don't know if you have this in your copy or if you even read a physical copy, but in the in the copy of Uzumaki that I bought, it's the Omnibus from 2010. 
uh, yeah. when it was printed, and it has the extra chapter and the after. It's called the afterwards, I think. Um, and the afterwards is just Junji Ito drawing himself and kind of explaining in a very very comedic way why he got obsessed with spirals and he's got like his editor in the background and stuff and it's just yep it's pure comedy uh so i i completely even without really delving into who jinji ito is through the memes and just that little five page uh comic that he drew at the end i would love to hang out with this guy and like play mario kart or something oh yeah absolutely from the stories i've heard he is nothing but a delight he is kind he is a wonderful family man who loves his you know his wife and children um i think they created a manga together about cats Aww. and it's in his style but it's not horror it's just a cute cat story and everything so that's that's, that's just it gives you an idea of who he is and i think a lot of people in horror you will find are actually happy go lucky people um that you know they're, they're they're similar to us there's just something about it that intrigues them and i kind of feel the same way yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're you're kind of a prime example. You're this happy go lucky hippy dippy dude. And, and, and you were like, yes, yes. Squeeze into the washing machine. Yes, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Everything like uh, show me show me the weirdness. Show me the macabre. There's something humbling about seeing this kind of stuff where it's just like, ooh, I love <laughs> I, I, I think fear and uneasiness and um, in a comfortable setting, of course, uh, you know, home at your couch or reading in bed or something. Artificial um, fear and uneasiness is how I put it. Yeah, that's a, oh, man, that's a great way of saying it, too. It's artificial. It's just you, you're stimulating your brain in a certain way. But, you know, you can be like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm safe. Like, I don't. I'm not home alone being like, is there somebody upstairs or anything? I'm like, no, I'm listening to fish and playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> the lights are on. Fish is on. I can't be hurt. I can't be hurt. That's the rules. <laughs> um, all right. So without further ado, I think we're going to get into it. We're going to go chapter by chapter talking about our thoughts and feelings. There will be spoilers as it goes on. So um, this is your warning. If you haven't read Uzumaki and you plan to and you're big on spoilers and you're gonna get mad at us now is the time to click off the episode for all you brave souls who are left uh it's time to get spooky so uh we start off with chapter one the spiral obsession part one and this is a pretty stock standard opening you know you got introduced to your characters you got kiri you got shuichi and already you know shuichi is presenting as if something's weird you know he's the skeptical dude in in this horror and then it starts to show his dad who gets just kind of weirdly obsessed with spirals there's uh there's an image on the wiki right now i'm looking at of him just like spinning his miso soup and making a spiral out of it and he's just this uh he's just affixed to it that transpires into him getting so obsessed with spirals like we kind of already brought up a few minutes ago he turns himself into a spiral by wrapping himself in, I believe it was a Japanese-style washing machine, and, like, rolling himself up like a fucking fruit roll-up. Um, and then the, the chapter ends at his funeral when they're all, um, it's Kiri and Shuichi initially, but then everybody looks up at the sky and notices that the ashes from, their, from his father's cremation have turned into a giant spiral. Um, so, King, what are your what are your thoughts on this first chapter? This is, uh, and I appreciate that 
basically every horror story that I've I've pretty much ever seen starts with a character who says there is something wrong we should go mm-hmm. and every single audience member goes yep that sounds about right <laughs> and then you know what would happen the story would be over in about 5 pages <laughs> <laughs> 5 pages uh, later it just shows like a newscast and both of them are like ah oh, it's a good thing we left yeah yeah it's it's Time and time again throughout this story, we will learn that Shuichi, boy, was he right when he said in the first couple pages, why don't we just get in the the, the train and leave? We could leave right now. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because when you asked me to do this, I decided to dive back in and read it all before the podcast. And I saw this and I've been watching. It's Spooky Movie Month. My wife and I are watching some. And I actually told her, I said, okay, we have a marriage pack agreement now that if there's something wrong, like you can't explain it, if we're out at a party, if we're at a concert, if we're shopping, if something's wrong, every, once a year, you get a, we need to go right now. And there's a no, <laughs> and there's a no questions asked policy. And that's like. That's what this should have been. They should have, because because I think it's uh, uh, Shuichi and uh, Kiri uh, are dating. They're boyfriend and yes. girlfriend, both in high school. And so, so if you if you have a partner out there, if you have a best friend or roommate, set up the protocol of once a year you get a no matter what we get to leave. Now here's the deal: afterwards, you have to explain why you left, and it should be a decent reason. Now maybe it's something you're like, I had to shit my pants and we had to leave, and that's still okay. Yeah. But you've used your excuse. So every every couple should have that <laughs> and every roommate, whatever it is, have that that, that protocol set up because Shuichi and Kairi would have uh, uh, avoided it a lot. And I think this is a great, like you said, great intro chapter of what is to come. The ending of the father turning into a spiral. Woo, doggy. I'm looking at it right now. It is nasty looking. Wild, dude. Like, what a way to kind of introduce somebody to the kind of the kind of wild shit you're going to be adding to your story yes and we're we're seeing it too um the only other thing i would point out is that shuichi's dad uh who's obsessed with spirals goes to Kyrie's dad who is an artist he's like um a clay maker pottery guy i'm sure there's a actual word for that that i can't think of the job right ceramics, now ceramics uh definitely but i don't think he's a ceramicer i don't think that's yeah yeah word. yeah so so but he did say the uh shuichi's dad is like i want you to make something spiral so and the only important reason to lead to, to say that is he has now spread the idea of the spiral to someone else and that's kind of a theme throughout this story so that's that's everything i got for chapter one Absolutely, yeah, because you mentioned it does start out as Shuichi's dad is kind of the only person obsessed with spirals, Um, and you kind of, at least for me, as I'm reading it to start off, I'm thinking, all right, well, he's going to be a problem for a few chapters. He's going to be the crazy one or whatever, and then they off him with before the first chapter ends, and... So I'm I'm personally sitting here thinking, all right, where do we where do we go from here? You know, like how how is this going to happen? Is it going to be? And then it kind of goes on. It's like one person at a time. Oh, another person's happening. Something weird happening to them. And then we'll get into it, obviously. But eventually, it just all collides into this giant mess. Um, 
but yeah, so that that is chapter one ends with the uh, the cremation turning into a spiral. We'll move on to chapter two, the spiral obsession, part two, and this one is starts off exactly where the the last chapter ended up. Everybody's looking up. Everybody sees this giant spiral from the smokestack, and there's concern. But as in all horror, everybody's like, "Well, that was fucking weird." Uh, time to go back to work, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, if if this was my community, this is here's see here's some you know this is helpful corner hour with King on on the Anime Bros podcast. If there's some shady weird shit in the sky in your neighborhood, I think it's time to move. I'm just gonna say that right now. I think oh, yeah. it's time to move. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. The only person who who doesn't kind of move on from this spiral weirdness is Shuichi's mom, who has now become obsessed with spirals, but in the opposite direction of her dad, of of his dad, excuse me. Whereas Shuichi's dad wanted to do everything to become a spiral and chose to end his life to do just that, Shuichi's mom is terrified of spirals and is doing everything in her power to stay away from them which culminates in not only her shaving her hair and cutting off her fingertips and her toe tips, um, but eventually leads to her taking a pair of scissors and shoving them into her ear canal because if you're not afraid of spirals already, uh, guess what? There's spirals in your fucking ears, people. So yeah, she finds that out and that's, that's the only course of action that felt appropriate to her. Yeah, and for people who are like, what do you mean spirals in you? I have it pulled up right now. It's the cochlea in your ear canal. It's this spiral-shaped part of your body. And once she figures that out, she has to end it. By the way, I feel like we caused confusion because we were like, yeah, Shuichi's dad, he put himself into a tub and he turned into a spiral. And there, and people are like, well, how the fuck did that happen? He <laughs> physically, like, you know, you can curl, like, at home, you can curl your fingers into a fist. Now, imagine if your hand started curling into your arm and then your arm curled into your body. And so he physically just broke all his bones and curled himself into a nice little cinnamon bun is what I would describe it. As. Yeah. Cinnamon bun, <laughs> human fruit roll up, whatever your whatever your flavor. Uh, he bends his knees the wrong way. Like it's it's truly grotesque. Uh, I, I implore anybody who's listening and and hasn't seen it. Go go look up these images that we're going to point out because it's just some grade A body horror. Oh, it's so disturbing. I think the the downfall of the mother is very interesting. Like you said, the it, there's the difference of she's terrified of spirals, that uh, she wants to get rid of them in her body. She's willing to commit suicide so that she doesn't ever have to deal with spirals again. And it's it's... It's disturbing because the main thing, too, which is a big thing of horror, is the downfall of everyone around you before you uh, are murdered, take your own life, something happens to you. It's just the the idea of fear has corrupted your community and it's growing. And there's something, you know, I, I'd rather go, you know, let me say this. Uh, I'd rather go before Earthworm. So if I can, if I can perish so that he can survive, I'll do that. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one left, uh, uh, by myself alone alive. That's, that's <laughs> not appealing to me. <laughs> I thought you were being sweet and then you're like, no, no, trust me, man. This is selfish. 
Yeah, no, no. Don't let me, don't let me, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you'll, you, you'll feel, you'll fare better than I will when it's the aftermath. I don't want to be in the aftermath, bro. I'd rather be in the first scene and gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. Um, so my my favorite thing about this chapter is it's it builds on what was brought up in the first chapter, but it really, really nails down that spirals are everywhere in nature in just in our everyday lives if you really pay attention you cannot escape that and that's something that you know is is a huge theme later on but starts to weave its way into the story now is you cannot escape spirals even if you don't aren't obsessed with them they're part of your everyday life no matter how hard you try to avoid them Oh, a hundred percent. It's that thing too. I have a friend who's obsessed with finding faces in, in inanimate objects. Like he'll take a picture of his desk and be like, look how the wood grain is a face. And it's like, well, part of that too is you're now looking for this shit. And if you just weren't a, a kooky person, like I don't look for faces and shit. Like, you know, when you look at a house and you're like, that house looks like it's smiling because the where the garage is positioned. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, well, yeah, because you're looking for it now and you're really observant of it. But I will say there's a hell of a lot of spirals in this town. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's like I get you with the face thing. It's sometimes people like the Jesus in the toast. I think people really want a Jesus in their toast rather than are seeing it. But with the spiral, it's a pretty rudimentary shape. And I think that's that's something that Junji Ito was so enthralled with and that builds to the horror of. It's it's so mundane. It's a it's a little loop de loop. But look what it's making these people do. Yeah, it's 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 it, so this is just more. It's spreading in the town. Um, right now it's one by one, but soon it'll grow to more. <laughs> this is true. So unless you had anything else to say about chapter two, we will move on. Let's do it. All right, chapter three, the scar. Uh, this one introduces a new character called Azami Kurotani, who I believe is a transfer student um, or or something. Either way, she's introduced in this chapter, and she is this character who all the boys are just enthralled with. And she mentions to, uh, to Kiri that previously, at her old school, I think that's why she had to leave, was because all the boys were just obsessed with her, and she's used to getting everything that she wants from everybody. Uh, come to find out, she is infected with the spiral. And I, when reading it, I'm thinking, like, she's this big mastermind. She's the the big bad. She's the controller of the spirals. No. This poor girl is just another victim of the spiral. And eventually, after she moves to this town, where is obviously being cursed and taken over by spirals, her her power over people becomes stronger. And eventually, that leads to... Not what you think, it leads to a spiral being created in her head and her being, like, sucked into the spiral, imploding in on herself and leaving nothing but uh, essentially a chalk line. And that's kind of where it ends. She's just another victim of this spiral obsession rather than any sort of mastermind or any sort of, like, again, she's she's not even a bad person. She does some bad shit. And I think that we can attribute that to the the spiral obsession, but just again another victim that is almost a red herring. At least was for me. I don't know if you felt the same way about her. I think the 
well, first off, let's let's talk about this for a second. Um, this is the first image. If you go through a bit of the chapter, I'm thinking specifically she was wearing a hat. She take yep the, right there where you are. Go down a little bit more with oh, the yep, hat yep. off with the with the eyeball. It's mm-hmm. it's the spiral is well into her head and her eyeballs like barely hanging on it, and then it just kind of disappears into the spiral. That's one of the iconic like images that I think of when I think of Uzumaki. You'll sure. if you go if you are in Discord right now, open up your Discord, type in Uzumaki. I guarantee the uh, spiral in the girl's forehead with the creepy eye. That's going to come up first. This is one of the famous uh, things that I just wanted to point out about this chapter. So this is where it starts to become. This is whenever this came out, he didn't realize how iconic this chapter was going to be for manga and horror in particular. Absolutely. So I, just, I can't imagine. I want to give him a shout out. Oh, for sure. And you're right. When If anybody listening has seen promotional images or reposts or whatever of, of Uzumaki or even just like a, you know, here's a bunch of horror images for manga, you have seen this image. Like everybody who is right around the anime manga sphere has experienced this, whether they wanted to or not. Um, and it's wild. It is an absolutely wild scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite parts about this chapter, uh, you mentioned that she was someone who was used to boys' attention. It drove her away from her old school because it was so much. The one thing that breaks her is she ha- uh, she hits on uh, Shuichi against uh, Kairi's wishes because they're dating, of course. The, and Kairi and this girl were very close friends. And she is rejected by Shuichi because he sees her. He, like... He sees that the spiral has infected her and he's like, get away from me. You're hor- you're horrifying. This is terrible. And she's like, what the fuck? I'm not used to that. So she's immediately attracted to him and starts to go insane. And I think part of that is because of the spiral infection. But I just thought that was a nice little uh, extra part about this chapter. And like you said, she, you know, I, you know what? I'm going to make the pun. She really spirals out in this chapter. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, she's, oh, she she spirals herself. She just eats herself by by spiraling out into nothingness. And it's, <laughs> yeah, once dude. again, it's growing. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, um, so another thing that I think this chapter does a great job of highlighting is, and I don't think this was ever truly explained. And I that's not a a complaint at all because I don't think horror needs explanation. I think it might actually ruin it in a lot of cases. But it seems at this point you're really Shuichi and 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 Kairi are the only two people who seem to be able to completely avoid this spiral obsession because he's the only boy in the school who's not obsessed with her, you know, um, or at it around any town, he's the only person. And Kairi also, um, it's it's kind of highlighted later on in better uh, in the later chapters, but she also has this this innate ability to resist the spirals. Um, do you, uh, now I'm just going to add, did, did you read any kind of explanation to that or is it uh, truly supposed to be unexplained? I think it's just something where it's because they're the main characters. They're not, you know, we have to stick with somebody throughout this 20 chapters. I also wonder what this seems to me. He, started writing this story without an ending in mind kind of thing. Um, I don't think he knew where this was going to go, but he is like, I like these two characters. I'm going to keep navigating. 
one thing I want to do with you every couple chapters that we talk about, I want to check in to the very okay. first early pages when Shuichi said, I think we should get on a train and leave here. We just saw a girl spiral herself into nothingness. Uh, both Shuichi and Kairi experienced that. And I want to come back to, I think we should get on that train. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is definitely a milestone of uh, the train sounds really fucking good right now. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to make sure every every couple chapters, if we see something, we're like, you know what? I think we should have gotten on that train. So we, we can do that as part of a part of the program, uh, too. But but yeah, I think this there. They are just the stand in for the audience of of we need a vessel to stick with the story that continues on. And we'll come to learn that this really is the the story of Shuichi. And Kyrie's relationship, which at this point is very strained because Shuichi is starting to lose it, I would say. Like, really, really in this chapter, too, he's really starting to lose grip on reality. And he's not eating. He's not going to school. He's not sleeping. He, he's starting to look a little mad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is that classic H.P. Lovecraft slow descent into madness. Then Shuichi is the fucking poster boy. <laughs> That's everything um, I, do I wanna... got for this one. But you got something else? Yeah, I just wanted to go back and, and ask um, a question that I asked earlier. Do Did you get any kind of red herring vibes? Did, were you thinking that Azumi was some sort of, yeah, I don't know, goddess of the spiral or anything like that? Or, or was that just me? No, I think there's when when she we we she's first introduced, she has this captivating ability to just draw men in um, and and make the women in school and the community kind of uneasy, jealous. Um, you know, she's just not likable to women besides Kyrie. And there's some, I, I, I could see something like, is there something she knows that we don't, you know, she connected to the spiral. Is she connected to this other world that we're just not aware of yet? And the answer as we turn up, no, no, she's not. It's nope. just, he's just fucking with us. And that's a, another great thing about horror is when you think you have it figured out and they're like, no, we're just fucking with you. That's, that's nothing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Classic red herring. Um, all right. So we will move on to chapter four, which is titled the firing effect named after the, uh, the, I guess, chemical thing that happens when you add pottery to a kiln and sometimes yep. it can change the change the way the pottery is shaped or looked, you know, change it from how it was put in when it was wet. Except in this chapter, he expands on that by taking uh, Kyrie's dad and he's the latest uh he's the latest victim of the spiral obsession. So he has been taking mud from the pond in the middle of the town called Dragonfly Pond, which uh, I believe it's already been established that all of the those spiraling fucking cremation ash always like goes and gets sucked into the pond. And again, something that I feel like the mayor of the town should be like, can we get like a team to check that out or something? No. All right. Fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you bring everybody... up such a good you bring up such a good point too. Where are the authorities in this story? <laughs> <laughs> That's like my uh, one complaint, and I don't even really levy it against it because I think the story's way scarier that everybody's just like, eh, whatever. But with and, yeah, with let me say this, dude. Without getting without revealing my my real life, I'll I'll say this. I am 
a, I would say a quote unquote leader in my community with a specific position that I help the community with. If there was some shit going into the lake next door, you bet your ass I would get a call from like 15 people who are over the age of 75 being like, there's some shit going into the pond. You need to deal with it. Like, I get those kind of calls from people in, in my local community. And the fact that no one's been like, hey, there's some like uh, weird shit going on at the, the, the local big pond in the center of the fucking village. Uh, maybe you should look into that. There's no mayor. There's no representative. It's like a lawless town. And I, I wonder if that is just a cultural difference because there's another thing I realized and we'll talk about later that I definitely think is a cultural difference. But I wonder if it's just because we're from America and like you said, you're going to get a million phone calls if the fucking, you know, if something goes into the lake, you know, smoke, obviously, but something much more mundane, you'll get calls from from people in your community being like, you need to fix this right now. And I yeah, wonder yeah. if that's an American thing to where is the Japanese uh, culture would it just be like, well, that was weird, but I don't really want to bother anybody. So I'm sure somebody will take care of it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, well, we don't know. But all we know is there's some weird shit going into that pond right now. And that is that pond is where uh, uh, Kyrie's dad is pulling out the the clay that he uses for this new style of art he's making in his kiln. And oh, boy, there's some shenanigans going on. Yeah, so pretty much what happens is the the firing effect that we brought up um, definitely changes the pottery from the way it was put into the kiln, and it comes out just this crazy mass of spirals. It looks like an octopus orgy on steroids. And he, uh, her dad, is super proud of it, even though like it, he takes it to a to a show to try to sell it because i guess that's his profession he's a pottery maker he sells plates and shit and nobody buys it and he's just comes home like well i still really want to make these wacky spiral plates so you know it doesn't money doesn't matter who cares um yeah Oof. and yeah and they're, he's they're horrifying he's looking Oof. they're fucking weird um and it kind of the chapter culminates uh with Kyrie's dad this whole time he's been obsessed and kind of holding up in the kiln room and not letting anybody else in and being very adamant that nobody looks into the flames, even though he spends all of his time staring into the flame as uh, as the kiln is firing. So Kyrie ends up going out. I can't remember exactly why. Um, I'm, I have the memory of lawn furniture, so excuse me. But she goes out. She ends up seeing what's in there, and she sees the faces of everybody who has died related to this spiral horror she sees shuichi's parents i believe there have been some other people that have succumbed to some bullshit because of the spiral that just haven't really been shown on page but kind of some background people like oh mrs so-and-so died last week too oh how'd that happen and she just sees all these faces until the fucking kiln explodes um i don't know if there were any other details i'm missing that you could think of Oh, the only other thing is that um, she sees Shuichi's parents in in the kiln, the the ghost or spirits or whatever the hell it's supposed to be, and they keep calling Sh uh, Shuichi, Shuichi, help me! It hurts, it's burning, and and Kyrie is hearing all of this, 
And and Shuichi from his own house starts to hear it, and he comes and smashes the kiln to let all That's the spirits. That's how it breaks. Okay, I yeah. forgot about so, that. Yep. So they're they're talking, and the the this is the introduction of like there's a lot of scenes where people like ghoulish ghost voices are calling Kairi or Shuichi for whatever reason to get their attention, and that's like the sign of like uh oh. Are they starting to slip a little too because of the spiral and the madness that's spreading in the town? So that's just a, a fun little other note I wanted to point out. Absolutely. And I think that speaks to what we talked about earlier of none of neither of them seem to be kind of taken with the spiral obsession. And you can mm-hmm. tell that whatever entity, whatever energy is behind this fucking hates the fact that they cannot be taken over and is like going out of its way constantly to try to beckon them. Oh, I like that. I actually didn't even think about that, like that the the spiral or the force or whatever could be upset that they're not falling for it. But I really but and it makes sense with when we get to the ending. I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. So that's good. Good. Good point. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, that that's how that chapter ends. We'll move on to chapter five unless you had anything else you wanted to bring up. I'm all set. Let's get to it. All right. Chapter five is titled Twisted Souls. And this is essentially the soap opera chapter, as I like to put it. Um, we're, intro- <laughs> we're introduced to two new characters. Um, I The summary on the, the fandom wiki is empty, so I apologize. But either way, there is a young boy and a young girl, uh, teenagers, and they are in love. And it's a classic Romeo and Juliet story. They live in what King brought up earlier, these um, row houses, which are these old, abandoned, like really run down shacks that have kind of been here as far as anybody can, as long as anybody can remember. And they are rented out for cheap. You know, people living in poverty can live there. It's not great, but it's a roof over your head. So these two kids, uh, these two teenagers are in love and they are from competing families. They live in each side of the row house and they fucking hate each other. And this is when we get the the establishment of the row houses being connected to to the spiral obsession and whatnot. Anyway, this kind of culminates in uh, Kyrie and Shuichi are kind of helping these kids. They're trying to get them out of town so they can go and live their lives, you know, without their parents being assholes. And their parents are very against that, uh, culminating in them, these two teenagers kind of being on the cusp of running away, being caught, and then turning into, essentially, they they mimic what they saw two snakes do, and how snakes make love as they intertwine themselves into a spiral. So these fucking people intertwine themselves into a spiral. They just go full um, Stretch Armstrong, and then <laughs> like slither away into the sea, never to be seen again. And I know for me, I was sitting here most of the chapter kind of wondering, you know, what the deal was. Are these new characters we're going to be introduced to for a while? I'm really not sure how this all fits in. Um, and then especially after seeing them, you know, snake up and slither into the ocean, I'm like, all right, there's the spiral part. And then later chapters confirmed that the row houses definitely had something to do with it. Oh, man, this is this is. um Okay, there's three. I got three points I want to make about this. This one, one, what this is one of those chapters where we I talked about it before, where we talk about um, 
like bigger bigger snapshots or or allegories that can happen in horror. This is too low. Like you know, this is I'm just going to be blunt. The story portrays them as a lower class family, two lower class families who are obsessed with being slightly better than the other, um, which is talk like a kind of like a class point of like. Let's pit the lower class against each other so they don't actually fight against what's really going on, who's oppressing them and all of this. So it's so important for these parents to be like, ew, the people next to us are trash and disgusting and they're failed business owners and they say horrible things about each other to bring so that they can feel better about themselves. The second point is this is that uh, one of our first glimpses of romance in the story where these two lovers can't be together. So what do they do? They intertwine each other and just slither away into the ocean like a sea serpent. There's something, there's something kind of, there's something, it's really gross, but there's something beautiful about it too. Because kind their of. love, there's something that their love is so powerful, they'd rather turn into a nasty sea serpent. <laughs> and like in a weird way, it almost paints the spiral as something that is I don't want to say good, but I mean, at least something that can be a bastion of freedom. You know, these these two were being held back until they fully embraced the spiral and now they can be together forever. Whatever that entails, I, I you know, that's kind of left up to the reader. But at the end of the day, they're free to be together because of this of this horror, you know? Oh, 100 um, percent. The only other thing I was going to comment on was oh i can't even remember what it was right now you know when you have a point and you're i started out with three but we got class we got love you know what the the other point it's unimportant now folks see look at that look at that i've been doing (laughs) podcasting enough he's like you know it doesn't even matter it doesn't matter that's i mean my my grandstand if you remember it in like chapter 11 or whatever, feel free to bring it up. No worries. Um, I love it. So yep. we're moving on to chapter seven. And this is, this is chapter seven, right? No, this is chapter six. So. Chapter six. My bad. Oh, fuck me. All right. This is chapter six. And it is titled Medusa. And this is the, uh, this is the aforementioned hair fight. So let's go. Woo! What happened? Kyrie, um, in a weird way, her mind is free of the spiral obsession still, but the spirals possess her hair and start curling her hair, and through that, she gets this, you know, everybody gets enamored with her. You know, everybody is obsessed with her, much like Azumi a few chapters previous. Her hair straight up takes on a life of its fucking own. And <laughs> one of her friends at school is like, hey, um, Everybody likes you, and I just told you that I want everybody to like me, so, like, what the fuck, dude? So she turns that into, and I'm not sure exactly how, but she finds a way to get possessed by the spiral horror, and her hair starts to grow long and curl up into these spirals, which culminates in in Kyrie and her friend standing in the courtyard of the school while their hair curls up and hisses at each other. Um, until our (laughs) it is fucking funny when I say it out loud (laughs) it's a hair fight and they literally battle it out oh my first thought was like all right, we got a little battle shown in horror okay I didn't know that was a genre but alright I like it 
Um, yeah, and then this, our boy. Uh, no, I'll oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, this is just this is just full blown comedy, and it starts out as comedy for me, where the hair fight, but then it it gets a little dark later, and I'll let you take it away. It does get a little dark. So as the hair fight is like I don't know six hours in, and both of these poor <laughs> women are just exhausted, but their hair is going crazy. Shuichi runs up, and he's like, "I'll save you, motherfuckers." Um, so he ends up um after it. Uh, Kyrie tried to cut her own hair that happened prior and her hair like started to choke her or whatever uh, Shuichi goes with a pair of scissors tries to cut the hair gets wrapped up in the hair like a fucking rug like a person who just got hit by the mob and is about to be thrown in the ocean um, he cuts his way out saving Kyrie from from the spiral obsession and leaving her friend the victor and her friend being happy as hell that she had just just won the hair fight and is the most popular person in school, uh, ends up walking down the street, collapsing onto a telephone pole, and then her hair pretty much Christmas trees up the telephone pole. And I think the way it was written was <laughs> continued to display for several more hours, long after it had sucked away all of this poor girl's energy and she was nothing more than a skeleton. Yeah, that's that's kind of the dark turn of this chapter that <clears throat> all along this hair that people were admiring was sucking their life force out of them to the extreme. Now, let me say this. This is um I don't know I don't know how you wear your hair, but um I've decided since last February that I was going to grow my hair out for the entire year and never get it cut. I've, I've usually kept it pretty short my entire life in high school. I had a little bit of long hair, but my hair now is the longest it's ever been. Same. And I, I really wish I was a straight hair guy sometimes and I would do things to try and straighten it or blow it out or whatever. But like my wife had a talking with me and she's like, dude, you've got naturally great curly hair. We're I'm going to buy you some products. We're going to style it in a certain way and just like you got to embrace your curls. And you know what I'm going to say? This is curly hair's uh, uh, slander slash propaganda right now to make it seem like curly hair is bad. But it is not. If you got curly <laughs> hair, embrace it. Uh, everybody at school will love you. And I, I couldn't be happier with my long curly hair now. It's awesome. Yes, the spiral obsession is not real. It is purely a work of fiction. It is okay, everybody. <laughs> now, I will yeah. say, if your hair if your hair starts to curl up a telephone pole and display, I would probably talk to somebody, but that's a you mm. problem, honestly. Yeah, you might want to get a relaxer if that's the case for your hair. <laughs> that's too much. Like I said, I come back to this to me is the comedy chapter that's just outrageous and silly. It ends kind of dark, but like, the scenes of them just fighting with their hair is so, you put it best, Battle Shonen, so over the top and silly. I couldn't help but laugh and chuckle. But this one doesn't get really that deep, I gotta be honest. It's it's just, a it's it was a nice little break from everything else weird and crazy going on. Yeah, I mean, you could say it's a commentary on, like, you know, being accepted by society and, like, being popular or whatever. But I I think you're right. At the end of the day, it was just kind of Junji Ito wanting to have a hair fight. I, I 100% agree. And if you are a Curly Girl Anime Brothers listener, I see you. I love you. You have beautiful curly hair. And keep on curling, girl. Keep it curly. Keep it curled. I love it. All right. Well, we'll move on to the actual Chapter 7, uh, which is titled Jack in the Box. So this one introduces another kind of one-shot character for the chapter. 
uh, Mitsudu. I actually know his name because it's right there in blue. Thank you, Wiki. Um, and he is <laughs> he's famous at the school at Kiri's school for um for jumping out and scaring people, earning him the name Jack in the Box. And he ends up kind of confessing his love to Kyrie, and she is just not into him, you know, for what you know, whatever reason. It doesn't matter. You don't need a reason if you're a guy out there. If she's not into you, move on. Mm-hmm. He does not move on though. And it is kind of shown to be kind of a, you know, a spiral obsession thing. But this kid is 100% just in love with with Kyrie and willing to do anything for her, including jump out in front of a moving car uh, to show his love. Again, not a good move. Not a not a pro tip. Uh, So (laughs) poor motherfucker. And again, another, um, I think underrated, underrated like panel, but the panel of him like being twirled up in the car wheel, outstanding. So Mm -hmm. this kid ends up dying and I can't remember exactly why it might've just been straight up madness, but Shuichi um, is like, we have to dig him up and stab him through the heart so he doesn't come back to life. Oh, never... oh, that was because Kyrie said that she uh heard his voice uh once again. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll get, yeah, yeah. The the he she hears his voice, which is a classic running theme, that he's gonna come back, and she tells Shuichi, and Shuichi's like, Well, obviously the only sane thing to do is dig up a corpse and stab him through the damn heart. <laughs> yeah, which honestly, I'm I at this point in the story, I'm like Shuichi, whatever you think is right, man. <laughs> you seem to be yep. the only guy who has his shit together. So yeah, after that, uh, Shuichi and and Kyrie dig up his body and he's already a zombie. After they they start digging, he he's alive, well, undead, I guess, and he starts like to bounce after them which turns into, they're like, how the fuck's he bouncing? His legs fell off. Uh, he has the spring from the suspension of the car that ran him over still, like, lodged inside of his body, and this zombie boy kind of just frogs around until his body completely decomposes. Um, and I, that's pretty much, that's how the chapter ends. I don't remember if there was any, like, other details that that are important but that seemed like just kind of a to me it seemed like kind of a a fun we're gonna add a little zombie horror we're gonna kind of get creative in this chapter a hundred percent i think the only one thing i love in all of my media is the idea of continuity and the biggest form of continuity in this story right now is last chapter was the hair fight right it ends with shuichi chopping off all of Kyrie's hair to save her from the hair monster on her. And what do we see in the chapter right after? She's got short hair. It's like a tomboyish, cute bob. I love that style. But that's just something where I picked up on. I was like, oh, continuity. I love that. So that's something great. Shout out to Junji on that. The other thing, only other thing I have, which is just a nice little quip. If we have any folks from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania listening right now, uh, this chapter is called Jack in the Box. They should have called it Jag Off in the Box. There we go. Hey-o! <laughs> I have no idea how that relates to Pittsburgh, uh, but all right. There <laughs> we go. Uh, yeah, and just another thing to the continuity, since you brought it up. I love how, as the chapters go on, Shuichi has the same break in his glasses, and you can see it like get more and more kind of spiderwebbed as the more bullshit he goes through. 
Oh yeah, he's he's starting to lose. He's he doesn't care about his appearance. It's starting to fall apart. He is he he of of everyone, he is slowly going mad throughout this entire story. And I kind of like that that he never has a full-on break so far. It's just very slow and building. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, we'll move on to chapter eight, which is, I think, a super pivotal chapter for how the story is gonna gonna go. Uh, it is titled oh, yeah. "The Snail." The and snail. In, in this chapter, we are introduced to another character, another one-shot poor victim of this of this fucking spiral obsession, called Katayama, and he is famous for showing up late to class. And the kind of stigma around him is he walks really slow. Like, all right, cool. He continues to show up late. And also another thing is he only shows up when it rains. So you're like, all right, this kid's fucking weird, first of all. I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> not sure what's going on with this guy, but okay, he's a, he's a climate dude. I respect that in a way. So as the days roll on and he keeps coming to school late, as it's, I think they had like a, a long period of rain, he keeps coming in and he keeps looking... Well, pun intended, more sluggish every time he shows up. <laughs> um, he keeps looking. He's slower. He he's sweaty looking. It's like slimy almost, and that turns into him quite literally turning into a fucking human-sized snail. Eyes popping out of his fucking head, becoming antennas. The shell, the whole nines, and there was a little bit of build up too where. His back started to hunch out as he started to look more, you know, sluggish. Um, yeah, to like his 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 fucking uh, shell like starts to grow, and it starts off as just like a spiral pattern, almost a rash on his back, and like like I mentioned, turns into him becoming a snail, which the school decides. Um, all right, well, his parents don't want him; they clearly don't think it's him. I guess we'll. We'll put him in a little chicken coop outside and keep him as a pet. Um, and then his bully, <laughs> the kid who's fucking with him the whole time, turns into a snail because he had contact with this kid because he was fucking with him. And then they become, well, not just friends, but big old human-sized snail lovers at the end. And, you know, for what it's worth, more romance for this story. See, I told you, you didn't believe me, but I told you there's more romance if you just really start to look at it. Now, I didn't think it was going to be man-on-man snail action, but you know what? I don't judge. No, okay? absolutely not. Especially <laughs> when, when, like, from, I don't know if this is the correct term for exact, like, biologically, but, like, you know, it says that snail, the, the term they use is hermaphroditic, but I, I think that's kind of an outdated term. Um, But, like... The snail snails can change their biological sex to, you know, fit whatever is needed. So one of them turned into a female or whatever. So if you're out there being like, they're turning the snails gay, technically they're not. So, you know. Yes. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. And that, you know what? That's why we come to Anime Brothers podcast is because we need to know about the gay snails, except they're not gay snails. They're straight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh boy, this chapter. This is yeah. this is a hell of a chapter. Um a lot of uh body horror, the changing of uh, when he starts to grow the sh the shell. This is okay, I think of this in the hair fight 
So now we understand that the so, like mass amount of people have seen the effects of the spiral without understanding that it's the spiral or whatever. But like, let's it's been a couple chapters. Earthworm, let's check back in. We just saw one of our one of our classmates at the school turn into a snail, and then another boy turn into a snail, and also the teacher turned into a snail. By the way, we forgot that well, part. Technically, he turned into a snail covered with snail eggs. Uh, you know, a little oh. flavor on that one. Yeah, the snail eggs. Um, we're gonna check back in with uh Shuichi from chapter one in the first five pages. We should have gotten on the train. I at this point I think we should add like we should add a threat level. So let's say in the beginning when dad shoves himself into into the fucking washing machine, it's like, all right, we're at like threat level orange at that point. We've thought about getting out of here. You've seen this man turn into a snail and like two other dudes along with everything <laughs> else. What color is this threat level, King? Uh, this is go- um uh we're going to go from orange. We're going to turn it into a uh a nice lilac. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. The, the color system generally means nothing. Just know that exactly. it escalates. When we get yes, to there's... midnight, that's when shit goes bad. Yes, yeah, so this, this we should have definitely left on the train by this point because okay, you know what is cute? Okay, this is something cute. The the gals in the in the class um notice that the snails like to hide in their shell their shell when it's uh dry out, when it's not wet. So I think they decide as a class like somebody's gotta go out and spray the snails every day with water so that they can like live in a controlled environment. And there's something there's something nice about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember if it was the whole I, I, I don't remember if did she get the whole class in it? Because I remember it was Kyrie in the beginning and her friend um who were the kind of the only two people who were paying this poor kid any mind. I feel like it'll become like the class hamster where everybody takes a turn. It's like, okay, earthworm, it's time, it's time, it's your day to go water the snail. And you're like, oh, I don't want to water the snail. It's fucking gross. I got guys. I told you, my parents don't want me taking snail boy home. I know it's just for the weekend and I know it's my turn, but they're mad. <laughs> uh, see, that's what I'm saying. This is the, this is the comedy of Junji Ito. I have nothing more poignant or deep to say about snail boys, except. This isn't the last we've seen of the snail people. No, no, not at all. Um, all right, so we will move on uh, to Chapter 9, The Black Lighthouse. Um, and I believe we've seen an image of this lighthouse like once or twice as like an establishing shot. But now, now it's a fucking, it's a big deal. So um, yeah, uh, they start to notice that this long abandoned lighthouse off the coast of their town has started to shine light. And everybody's like, the fuck's going on with that? And not, it's not just like a normal lighthouse light because it's, it's, it's Uzumaki. It has to be shaped in a fucking spiral. And it's, <laughs> a, you know, it's making people obsessed. And it's, it's just, it's that enthralling spiral. So eventually, uh, Kiri's brother Mitsudo, um, I believe that was his name, he and his friends decide that uh, they're going to go check it out. They're going to go check it out. Um, I believe some other adults at some point were like, we got to figure out what the fuck's going on with that. And it was one of those situations where the search party never returned. So at some point, her little brother goes, uh, Kyrie uh, follows him. 
they go up into the lighthouse, but and this is all while it's not shining. It it kind of automatically turns on when the sun goes away for whatever reason. So they get in, they find charred to shit bodies on the stairs of the lighthouse. It turns out that this this beam of light is kind of engulfing the entire inside. Uh, luckily, uh, her little brother and her friends are alive, but you have this like really, really intense kind of kind of chase scene at the end where the sun's going down, Kyrie notices, and it's a we have to get the fuck out right now, run down the stairs type deal. Yeah, I'm looking at these charred bodies too, and he Junji Ito did a great job at just showing the the like the horrifying image of um it reminds me of the story uh of Mount Vesuvius in Pompeii and how when it, it the volcano exploded, it froze the bodies in place with ash uh and heat. And that's how these corpses they're not just like laying face down like as a dead body, like one of them is sh- sh- you know uh, uh, covering himself from the flame and his foot is up and his arm is up and he's frozen as a skeleton like that. Ooh, very powerful. The goopy, the goopy lens of the, yep. of, of the lighthouse is so creepy looking. And, um, you know, this was, this is also like harm is coming to our main characters and that makes it real for me. That makes it, that, that, that makes it more like, the M- the MCs are not um, OP. They're not undefeatable. They are starting to get burns. They're starting to get broken bones. All of these kind of things. So these are just regular humans, and that's a good thing to remind the readers. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know that there's too much like real, real theme building in this in this chapter. For me, it was really the the actual imminent danger of being burned alive that was the true fear and you know there's the unknown of the of the lighthouse and whatever but yeah it's it's the we're stuck here we have to get out we have a time limit that that was the true horror yep that's 100 percent it that's that's all i got for chapter nine if we want to move into 10 all right we'll move into 10 we are going on to the chapter titled mosquitoes and this for me is a is a truly like fucked up chapter. This is some of the most interesting body horror I think in in the uh, in the series. But um, ooh, yeah. Well, it definitely it kind of leads into the next. This and the next chapter are kind of a two parter, and yeah, just some of the shit that comes out. So anyway, uh, this this chapter is titled "Mosquitoes," and that's what it is about. So mosquitoes kind of start infesting this town and they don't just pop up normally but they pop up in these twister like spirals of mosquitoes and um i should also mention that Kyrie has been and is still in the hospital uh being treated for her burns from the lighthouse so these mosquitoes start kind of infesting the fucking hospital slowly but surely it's just no matter what they do Kyrie always fucking hears the buzzing of a mosquito. Um, yeah, uh, I can't. I'm I'm struggling to because most of my thoughts about this chapter are kind of going into the next one, but I do I do remember the mosquitoes um, biting Kyrie's cousin, who is also in the hospital with her, and though it starts to like, that's kind of a way for them to get infected with the spiral obsession. But if there are any details, I'm sure I'm missing some details. So. King, take it away. 
I mean, the main thing is, is once these, the, the, the mosquitoes who are going after pregnant women specifically for some unknown reason, got to throw <laughs> that vocal effect in every now and then put it when, when in editing, put a nice effect on that too. So it sounds nice and like add some reverb or like echoiness to it. So everybody sound knows how spooky I sound. Uh, um, I will do something. Yeah, there we go. And they themselves uh the these pregnant women turn into mosquitoes like like we might have mentioned and they just go on a fucking killing spree throughout the hospital with these oddly specific uh drilling tools like it's hard to explain to young <laughs> the youngins about <laughs> um power drills didn't always exist they used to be hand cranked drills and they all have their own variation of a hand crank drill that they'll go into the hospital, stab someone in the neck, um, which seems very excessive, and then drink that the the patient's blood. So now the entire hospital is like a hell zone. And this is like, we have stepped into hell at this point by this manga. Oh, yeah. It is gruesome. It is brutal and violent. Uh, Kyrie is seeing all of this, and it kind of just ends with... Uh, Kyrie getting chased by the other women, her cousin finds her, and then she picks up a uh, bottle of bug spray that Shuichi had brought because he's he hates the mosquitoes, and she sprays the women, and they all freak out and run away, and that's how they they uh, she she survives. But the funny thing is, every time these women who look horrific because of the bug bites and they look weak and sick and anemic. As soon as they drink the blood the next day, they all are glowing, they're beautiful, they're healthy, and they're about to give birth. All right, chapter 11 is the next one. It is titled The Umbilical Cord. And this is, so for me, the past three chapters is when it stopped being so one-shot feeling as far as chapters go and things really started to flow directly into one another you had the lighthouse causing Kyrie to go into the hospital causing her to see the mosquito people and now the pregnant women who have drank the blood of others are all ready to give birth seemingly because they drank the blood of people uh, so yeah, the umbilical cord all of the pregnant women who were bitten by mosquitoes and caused all these murders I've gotten away scot-free. Nobody expects them to be the actual murderers. So yeah, they are all good to go. They are ready to give birth, and um, they all do. And they are all beautiful, wonderful babies. So healthy, so, so awesome. Um, It's weird how everybody is commenting, like, how this is the best batch of babies they've ever seen in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um. But then the babies start to become kind of weird. Um, the first thing that Kyrie notices is that their tummies seem to be like swollen, you know, like gaseous yeah. looking, like puffed up, almost like the babies are pregnant themselves. And then later on, she starts to hear the babies kind of talk. Um, she can't get their, <laughs> their fucking screams out of her head. Um, and then she starts to hear the fucking babies talk and they're, they're saying things like, I want to go back to the womb, you know, I was so cozy and comfortable there. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and while this is all happening, a new ingredient has been introduced to the to the to the cuisine of this hospital, a new quote unquote mushroom. All these <sighs> things are connected because these babies in their desperate attempt to get back in the womb 
have been regrowing their umbilical cords and placentas. And this poor fucking doctor who delivered them all is like the only guy who knows. And he's like, it's so interesting. He's half like completely disgusted by it. But then the other half of him is like, well, it's tasty. And why shouldn't we keep eating them? And I'm, I put one of the babies back. So you can see he's super, there's a part of him, at least to me, that seems super conflicted. But yeah, so it kind of culminates in Kyrie seeing her cousin, who has had a baby, put back into her. Um, the doctor tries to tries to feed Kyrie to her cousin, who is just this unbelievably gross abomination of a pregnant woman right now. Um, and not to say that pregnant women are gross, but if you saw this, you would you would agree with me. And all the people in the hospital are more concerned about eating the fucking placentas. Uh, and it's just like a really weird chapter where Kyrie escapes from the hospital, but there's no, nothing ever gets solved. I mean, as far as I know, these women, I mean, it even says in the last panel, I have no idea what <laughs> happened there. I wasn't about to go back and find out. And as the reader, we never find out what happens to that hospital. That, I love that last quote. I have no idea what happened there. I wasn't about to go and find out. Girl, you just used common sense. Now get yeah. on the fucking now get on the fucking train. <laughs> yeah, it is it is officially I think at that point if I'm Kyrie, it's threat level midnight and I have to get the fuck out of this town. Yeah, because the, the the um well you said it before, there there is nothing ugly about being pregnant. In fact, I think it's a very beautiful time. I think creating life is a very beautiful process. And and shout out to all the pregnant moms out there. We love you. Shout out from you. But uh if you turn into uh, a wild zombie bloodlusting spiral succubus, you gotta go, sweetheart. I'm sorry. It just ain't, it ain't gonna work out. It ain't gonna work out. This is um i come back to the mushrooms earthworm yeah which are so disturbing looking the way he draws them i personally i love mushrooms in all forms basically like, <laughs> we just had some delicious uh uh shiitake mushrooms in a stir fry dinner last night that was out of this world i don't mind tooting my own horn and saying i enjoy psychedelic mushrooms in small doses not lo- less is more folks um <laughs> But there is there is something like when I'm cutting them, when I'm looking at them, there is something creepy about uh, the the way mushrooms look and beautiful at the same time. I love um, the Allman Brothers band uses a lot of mushrooms in psychedelic styles for their logos that are so pretty and fun. But but looking at the insides of them is so creepy and weird. So it's it's this catch 22 thing with me. Um, Sure. But. But boy, does the hor- the horror gets turned up in this, and and the violence really gets turned up in this chapter. Oh yeah, this is like this is Junji Ito's like real take on not just an undead person, but this is kind of the, his representation of of the zombies, you know, hordes and chasing this in the last chapter for sure. Yeah, this is and and we're gonna get more a, a little bit more of this of some crazy shit happens and we just nobody knows the outcome we don't talk about it it just kind of resolves itself kind of thing yeah and i do want to say that i just i because there are people out there i'm not really trying to pass judgment although low-key i'm trying to pass judgment there are people out there who who do eat the placenta of their 
of their child after it's born. Oh, I've heard of this. I've heard of this. And I like to imagine that Junji Ito heard about that while he was writing Uzumaki and said, that is that is gold. How I cannot pass that up. That's fucked up. And that's real. I got to put that in my story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to chapter 12, The Storm. Um, it starts out with kind of Shuichi and Kairi sitting on the beach until Shuichi starts to lose his fucking mind because a storm is coming. And it's mentioned later on that, you know, Japan, famous for having a lot of hurricanes, you know, typhoons, whatever you want to call them. And it's it's mentioned that, wow, gotten quite a bit way through hurricane season and no hurricanes until this one. Hurricane 1, as it is dubbed. Shuichi runs home and, like, he's he's fucking, he's boarding up his room immediately. But Kairi is just such a good fucking person that even after this storm rages on, she's still trying to bring him dinners and make sure that he's not literally wasting away. As it goes on, this storm starts to, like, call Kairi's name. And other people start to hear it. It's not just her. Like her brother makes mention, like, I swear someone was calling your name. I think Shuichi even at one point is like, the storm's calling your name. We got to fucking go. Um, <laughs> and another thing is this, this hurricane is centered right over Kyrie's house. Like the eye of the storm is directly over wherever Kyrie is standing. She leaves to go give Shuichi his dinner again. And it pretty much fucking follows her. Shuichi points it out because he is the only person with a perception score that isn't in the negatives around here. And there, it's pretty much a chase scene from then on. They are running away from a natural disaster, a hurricane, not just a regular hurricane, but a hurricane that seemingly is in some weird way targeting Kyrie. Um, a couple other notable moments in this chapter is uh, Another girl who looks kind of like Kyrie gets straight up sucked into the eye of the storm <laughs> and spat out with a vengeance because it wasn't her. Um, Kyrie and Shuichi end up getting sucked up into the storm too, but they end up surviving. Um, I don't know exactly how. I think it was just luck of the draw. Maybe the spiral didn't want to kill him, but again, that's kind of the beauty of of this. It's like, yeah, you don't need to know exactly why. But King, what were your thoughts on this chapter? One, we can't kill the main characters that you guys have grown so attached to. Uh, two, if you look throughout this chapter, especially in the beginning, the stress, the, the fear, uh, the amount of pressure that Shuichi is in is starting to really show on his face. He looks so much older now than Kairi because... His eyes are sunken in, dark circles underneath. He's not sleeping. He's not eating. He's going mad. And I keep coming back to this because it's just like, it's really starting to show on his face of like, he is losing it. But it's it's like, if you go hard on your body, your body will respond with a, a certain kind of appearance. You know, you're going to age quicker if you're, if you're, listen, folks, this, you know, th this actually just turned into a promotion for moisturizer. <laughs> you need King's Moisturizer because you're trying to look smooth for your honey so you don't look like Shuichi. That's my tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Is your town possessed by a shape? Are you losing your fucking mind? Well, you can't lose that beautiful smile. King's Moisturizer. Keep that skin smooth through the apocalypse. Yeah, he's just, he's looking horrific right now. 
I like that it ends too with uh the the storm one has ended, but uh the the weatherman's like and storm two is on its way, and you're like, Oh yep. fuck dude, Jesus. And I love it because it goes in like storm two isn't like the next chapter. It's just another piece of background that has been built into this fucking poor town. Yep. All right. Um next is chapter thirteen titled The House. And this is after um the the town was devastated by the hurricane. Houses are absolutely fucking demolished. And then you have this lying ass real estate agent that's like, hey, a lot of people moved. So uh there's gonna be plenty of room in all these houses, right? And then he goes and is like, uh, by the way, this is the only house we have. Sorry. Um, so here you go. Here's a shitty old rundown house. But essentially the family, Kyrie's family, gets put into one of the row houses that has been mentioned from time to time. Uh, they're not happy about it because, like King brought up earlier, it's a, it's a class thing. It's 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 not just a shitty rundown house, but there is a part of these people who is like, what are, what is everybody gonna think about us if we live in a row house? You know. So um, they meet their neighbor who is M- Mr. Wakabayashi. Um, and he's a nice guy, you know, seems pretty chill, whatever. And they also have another neighbor on the other side who nobody seems to really know, you know. It's an old woman and her son. Her son's supposed to be sickly, you know, the classic trope of the of the hermits that nobody really has ever talked to. Um, come to find out after experience, you know, actually getting to talk and, and see one of these hermits by Kyrie, uh, they have these weird spiral warts all over their bodies. Um, this this woman and they, they don't really show her son, but we can really assume that he's in worse shape than her. At least that's how kind of how I was assuming it. Either way, fast forward, and not only does Kyrie's family start to develop these spiral warts, but Mister Wakabayoshi, whatever the fuck his name was, is also shown to to have these, and then. It turns out he's this, like, he he just kind of turns into this giant mass of, like, spiral tendrils at some point. And uh, just the latest victim of this spiral curse. He gets obsessed with Kyrie. I'm not sure if that's supposed to play into the curse being obsessed with her, or if that's just a main character thing. But, yeah, after, um... After he starts to attack her, luckily, it's the her... Okay, it's the hurricane ends up throwing a stake through his throat, this this neighbor guy who's just this massive spiral tendrils, and he dies. And I, you know what? We're just moving on after that. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of the... We're at the point, too, where a lot of these chapters kind of just move us along like, hey, here's some fucked up shit as the town... The town is deteriorating at this point. Yes. This is... And folks, I almost... I'm gonna... We might have to stop this segment. Um earthworm because it's time to get on the train <laughs> yeah yeah we should have been on the train 10 chapters ago 10 chapters what the ago fuck? yeah so so now what's going on is this the family's home is completely destroyed they have to move into the shack that is the oh, the, the for some reason these shacks will not be destroyed by hurricane by fires by tragedy it's this these old shacks that they uh they they you know that 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 poor people live in bringing that the the class thing back into it and for some reason they will not be destroyed so family 
not only does Kyrie have a reason to leave now, get on the train with Shuiji, but mom and dad, you have nothing left at this point. And I know what people are going to say, oh, it costs money to move, King. Don't be such a classist. No, 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 no. A tree man has officially attacked your family. <laughs> you don't need... Here's the thing. They got enough money to pay rent on this shitty ass thing that they got to do. They can take script get the greyhound bus whatever the equivalent it is just you will be better off in the streets of tokyo begging for food and money than you will be living next to the scary ass tree motherfucker okay that's how dire situation it is right now get out of this town right now please um but of course that would end the story and we can't do that and technically the harm has been dealt with because the evil guy is dead and gone so we're just yeah. we're just plowing we're just plowing through chapters now of this 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 city is getting completely destroyed and ev- they're doomed at this point everyone is fucking doomed and that's really what these past few chapters have been to me signifying is the of the individual events aren't such a big deal but it's what it all culminates into and what it turns the town into that ends up being the big deal and let me say this dude we're getting to that point though where uh getting on that train with Shuichi, that's not going to be an option soon. We're actually, at, at least as far as the manga is concerned, we're officially at that point because chapter 14 is called Butterflies and this is where the isolation starts to set in. And this is where you get answers to certain questions like, why hasn't anybody been trying to help these people? They just went through two hurricanes. You know, you think there'd be some relief. Well, there was. There have been multiple rescue teams there have been multiple you know news reporters that have gone and the chapter opens up with a new set of news reporters that are heading down the tunnel to to this town um little do they know that this will be the last time they see the outside world as soon as they get into the town they are hit with the fucking twister that uh pretty much i think it kills the two men in the car there's a woman left alive called Chie. At least that's how I'm going to pronounce it because I haven't heard it pronounced because it's a manga. Anyway, Chie is alive and she wanders out to try to find help, to find somebody. There's nobody in this town. It's all destroyed, run down. She sees a news helicopter fly by and immediately gets taken up by a fucking, by another twister. Um. Anyway, she ends up running into Kyrie. Um, at some point in meeting up with her and Kyrie's like the only person in this town who's not a complete fucking asshole, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's like, true. you need somebody. Um, and I appreciate her cause I can't say that I would be the same if I just went through all this shit, I'd probably be pretty mean too. So she meets up with Kyrie. She gets taken back to the, the row house where it's just now it's, it's full. There are what looks like hundreds of people in, in in this row house that Kyrie and her fucking family staying in because like you brought up it is the only safe place left turns out that any movement in the outside world any quick movement any loud noise causes one of these twisters to pop up and this is a little callback to earlier in the chapter but Chie had found some kids who were tied up to some poles just in the middle of the town and she was like well this probably isn't great i'm gonna save them these kids start fucking with her and creating these fucking twisters on purpose 
Um, and then you find out later towards the end of the chapter that they were tied there by the townsfolk because they're just these asshole children who are out causing death and destruction and then don't give a damn about anything in their wake. Um, so yeah, it, uh, that, that's pretty much it. It ends with the kids standing outside of the row house, terrorizing everybody inside. And the only reason that these people are okay is because again, the row houses are immune to seemingly everything. This is a commentary that I strongly believe in, which is if you ever see a child in need, just keep walking. Just keep walking. <laughs> and 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 they're living out in Colorado. There will be many times where I might come across a kid who's been separated by their parents, not not far distance or anything, but they might be like Oh, like, oh, we, we got separated from our parents. I'm like, well, we're on a paved path. So I was like, you know, just keep walking down. You'll get to the trailhead. And you should wait for your parents there. I'm sure you'll be fine. <laughs> and then I just keep scooting along. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. <laughs> because here's the thing. Kids are fucking scary. There's something I've always and I, I'll bring this back to horror. There's so many good horror films out there with children. And because there is something inherently evil about little humans that are just you're like why aren't you that like yeah you're just scaring me children there's you're creepy i think of pet cemetery is a, a great example of that there's a reason a lot of people fear fear uh chucky and dolls and stuff like that like just the childlikeness of it is is just terrifying so if i saw a bunch of kids tied up for some reason i'm gonna be like i'm gonna ask around to see why they got tied up because they turned out to be menaces anyways but yeah, oh, yeah, the the main the main part of this chapter is you are now trapped in this town. Uh there's really no getting out. Everybody is taking shelter in these row houses. Once again, the row houses. Ooh. That uh ooh, good re remember, lots of reverb in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um and and things are starting to we're we're starting to get to like the peak of like there's there's no help coming. We're fucked, everybody. So let's take it to chapter 15, man. Yeah, yeah. Just real quick, one thing I wanted to say is, and I brought it up earlier, but in American horror, it always turns into the humans are the real horror. Um, I'm looking at like the mist and it wasn't the monsters inside. It was the mon oh, monsters outside. It was the monsters inside. This always. is really the closest that I think um, Junji Ito gets in this manga, which I think is a... A, a look into the difference between Japanese society and, and American society. If these were Americans, there would be like 20 dead bodies sitting outside of that row house. At least in Japan, they're all just like, I fucking hate you, but I won't do anything about it. Yeah. A hundred percent. We're, we'll soon start to see people turn against each other, but they're not. Um, yeah. We, we, Americans will tear each other apart way quicker. Uh, yeah. Then and and even the monstrous versions of of the Japanese that we get in this is like it takes them a while to get there. But somebody like somebody cuts you in line at at you know the local fast food spot. You're like, bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. So yeah, we'll move on now to chapter 15, which is titled Chaos, and this is just a continuation of what we just saw, except now. Instead of the these children being the real threats, we are kind of wandering out with Chie, Kyrie, and her her little brother, and we find these adult gangs that are 
riding these fucking whirlwinds and have kind of found a way to harness them in a weird way and are again causing just utter complete chaos uh poor mitsuru uh he he wants to join this gang because this boy is just fed up with not eating and whatnot um Mm -hmm. so they go up they fucking like interact with this gang and find out that you know, I've, there it is brought up earlier. It's like, what, is, what have they been eating? Like, how are they, how do they have so much energy? Come to find out a few pages later that um, they, uh, they have been cooking these snail people. So people have continued to turn into snails periodically. And this gang of whirlwind riding fucking lunatics have been cooking and eating these human, not human things, which I don't know, for me, I think that's a really cool aspect of, a horror that you can delve into it's like the desperation or lack thereof of eating something that could definitely be considered human i think that's a really fucked up thing to explore um you get that and you get uh you get a little bit more of what we were talking about earlier of the tension in between the row house um it pretty much just like like we mentioned it's kind of just people yelling at each other, telling them, you know, to fuck off, maybe pushing them out of the row house. Whereas in any American grocery store, there would have been murders by now, for sure. Um, but yeah, King, thoughts on, on chapter 15? I, I, I've got two words. Snail people. We're yeah. bringing them back. We love the snail people. Spray a little... Hey, when you're at school, don't forget to go out and water your snail people because they need it. They appreciate it. Shout out to snails. All the snail listeners, this one's for you. Um, like you said, the horror of turning to what is it? What is basically cannibalism? I, in addition to horror, I'm a big history guy. I, I, I love it. I study it. I'm a big fan. This brings me back to pioneer times in America. It instantly mm. made me think of the Donner Party, the famous story. Um, I'd recommend a book. Uh, I believe it is called uh, The Indifferent Stars Above. It is about the harrowing tale of the Donner Party, which, of course, famously, um, this this pioneer uh, time group of people are trying to get to California. They go through the absolute worst like route possible, taking them through like the Utah uh, Salt Flats, which is a mountain range of just pure salt desert horribleness and it's just it is just atrocious what it, what it leads to so they, they the town people have started to hit this point the row houses are overflowing with people they're not it's so dangerous outside they these folks have to stay in the row homes right and so claustrophobia is setting in people are starting to lose their mental capacities i'm sure it smells in there people are dying in there it is just becoming, I mean, this town is just absolutely at its last leg and you feel it. I mean, I think, I think at this point you really do feel the collapse of society going on in this town and it's, it's interesting and it's captivating. And this is, this is the point, I don't know about you. I didn't want to put the story. I was like, okay, now that I've hit this point, I need to, I'm just going to go ahead and finish it. The story in this sitting, cause I can't put it down. Yeah, I was very much, I was to the point where I was like, all right, this is the last chapter I'm going to read tonight, and then finished it and go, 
well, I guess this is the last chapter I'm going to read tonight. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, brave of you for reading it before bed. I, I have a rule with bedtime manga. It can't be... It can't be too scary and it can't be too sexy for the other, for obvious <laughs> reasons. <laughs> Your wife's trying to sleep, King. Come um, on, she's, man. She, she's, yeah, my queen is looking at me and like, go on, turn that sexiness off that tablet, boy. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, my dear, I know. Um, but yeah, it's, this has got to be, this is evening, afternoon, morning reading is fine, whatever. But yeah, yeah, this is because, ooh. Shit is yeah. getting hot in here. It's 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 not looking good for the town. For sure. Um, so I apologize to all the listeners, but this episode has definitely run longer than I think we expected. So I think for the last uh four chapters, I think what we're gonna do is kind of wrap them all together. We'll do a quick synopsis of of the inspire the the events that transpire and then we will probably spend most of the time talking about kind of the final chapter and the final scene so that will be chapters 16 through 19 we are going to be talking about erosion escape the labyrinth and then completion and then we will give our final thoughts and ratings so pretty much um where it goes from here after they deal with all these fucking crazy hooligans also shouts out to shuichi for being a goddamn superman at the end of the last chapter and saving the girls but yep. they meet up with some more townspeople who are also interested in trying to do something different trying to do something better than all just shoving into a row house um, and eating snail people and eating <laughs> snail people which ends up being taken off of the mission statement later because these yep. people end up eating snail people but the big thing about this chapter um, is they've come across another row house and the people inside have all like congealed together. Like imagine just tying your arms together and legs together with somebody else's and they just become this weird mass of arms and legs and heads. And that seems to be what happens to people when they hold up in these row houses for too long. Um, cut to the kind of end of the chapter where where this dude this new kind of main-ish character has the idea all right well if the row houses can't be fucking destroyed let's just build onto the row houses um yep so he starts building onto the row houses and Kyrie and shuichi decide well this isn't gonna work we're we just want to fucking leave they have finally decided we're gonna get on the train and go pushed on by uh, her little brother Mitsuo turning into a snail person. They try to escape. They wander out in the woods. They take every fucking possible path that hasn't been tried to escape, and they just keep on going. Time is all sorts of dilated. They find out that this doesn't work. They come back to the town, and it is completely changed. Instead of this run-down, destroyed town, it has been built into a giant spiral of row houses that take up the entire town they investigate this they find out that the people inside have also congealed into this mass of weird octopus-like people cut to they go they wander all the way to the middle of the labyrinth that has been created they find the dragonfly pond that has been brought up and all the all the twisters and all the cremation have gone into 
that it is empty and there is a essentially staircase that leads down into the depths. They follow that. They find this underground kind of spiral palace, I would say. Other, obviously, some other stuff uh, transpires, but um, they find the spiral palace. All of the people from the row houses had like shuffled down into this hole and are all just kind of laying around this palace in kind of worship. And Shuichi at one point had fallen down into the depths. So for a while, Kairi was on her own. She finds Shuichi laying down amongst all of these octopus-like people. And she tells him, like, we got to go. He's like, this is it. This is it for me. I have finally been beaten down by these spirals and I cannot go any longer. She agrees with him that she can also not go any longer. And the beautiful scene that we have talked about earlier is they kind of like intertwine much like the couple earlier in the in the series as like snakes and to what I have interpreted as kind of embracing their fate and being becoming one with the spiral but ultimately together and in some sort of romantic way in, in love but um I know I hit like four chapters there king so please go go off on any thoughts that you have that that are encompassed there. Uh, I want to bring it back real quick to chapter 16. It sure. ends with bro turns into a snail and it ends with, at that moment, I knew I had to escape. And then I wrote down girl. It took that where long. The f- where the fuck you been? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's just so obvious. And on it, um, the body horror and the imagery that we see of the people in the row houses all conjoined, like you described, wrapped around each other. Um, it is disturbing. It is. It makes your skin crawl. It makes you feel alive, which is what I'm all about when it comes to horror. Just that that sensation of feeling alive. It is there. This is this is a. There's a reason. This is. They describe it as Junji Ito's um, um, opus magnum, like. This is him at his peak, I think. He's got a bunch of great stuff, and I really enjoy it, but this is, it is dark. It is disturbing. When all the congealed people fall into the pit, and then they start their descent down into the center, which what what was the center of the lake that was absorbing all the smoke that we talked about an hour ago at this point, um, it really culminates into something something great. And it's just this ancient structure that has been down there for thousands of years um wanting calling people to come down to it to be to to join with it and i really do this ending of them uh just embracing their fate and and deciding hey we we don't have the strength it obviously wants us to be down here and then it'll stop like once once they those two uh shuichi and kiri decide to go and just accept their fate, it's over. That's the end of the craziness and everything. It was just the spiral pulling them down, and they're like, you know what? We're a part of this. Let's accept. Let's embrace. In a beautiful moment, because they're not, they're boyfriend and girlfriend, but they're not lovey-dovey. They don't hold hands. They don't kiss, anything like that. So it's there's a beautiful, just still image of them with their faces, and they look like the the sunken black eyes, if you notice. the the tiredness, 
the horror it's it's like instantly wiped away from their face they feel at peace they feel one it's almost like a like they they've hit um nirvana uh i i I enjoy learning and studying about buddhism though i you know i'm not a buddhist myself or anything but there's something i there's something attractive about the ideology and, and the mythology and everything with it um and and they they've come full circle they're like we have to accept this fate let's just become part of it and that's where we end and man what a, like we were all over the place for for you know 18 chapters and and now we finally got something where it's like oh it's a it's like it's a nice roundup for the end man what what did you think of 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 the finale of everything i thought it was great and one of my big problems with with horror is that for me, being a cosmic horror fan, I love when there is an ending that there's no resolution. Nobody was saved. The cosmic horror wins because when you're going up against something like an entire, like a force like the spiral, the spirals are, it's, it's kind of silly to think that a human would be able to overcome that. Um, so for me, the enjoyment is the, the struggle of them trying futilely to overcome that. And then at the end, them just embracing their fate. I, I absolutely loved it. And I do want to just read the last two panels of, or the last few panels of the manga, because I think it, it encapsulates what I love about it. It it says, and with the spiral complete, a strange thing happened. Just as time had sped up when we were on the outskirts in the center of the spiral, it stood still. So the curse was over, the same moment that it began, the endless frozen moment that I spent in Shuichi's arms. And it will be the same moment when it ends again, when the next Kurozucho is built where the, old, where the ruins of the old one once lay, when the eternal spiral awakens once more. And I think that, that it encapsulates the fact that this is a force of nature bigger than anything any human could ever feasibly comprehend and that's what horror is to me that's the scariness of everything that happens if shuichi was able to overcome the spiral and he threw like a fucking nuclear bomb on the thing and he got out alive and he lived a happy life that kind of takes away from the horror you know that's that was my big problem with for specifically the movie it i was like well they beat him in the end so it's not that scary anymore and right. the spirals fucking won, and it will continue as it as it's put in the last line. It will continue to win whenever it fucking feels like it. Mm. I couldn't have put it better, man. I mean, uh, you know, years down the road, we we you know at the beginning of this, we we saw that Junji Ito is fascinated by the spiral. When he's making this, he's like, I want to discover the, like, what is it that a spiral is so interesting to me? All of this. And years later, he, somebody asked him, like, did you ever figure out what the spiral meant? And he just made an off comment of, to me, it represents infinity, the idea of it. Mm. And to to me personally, as the reader, this is, it's, you know, it it can be construed as a metaphor for life. It's, it's ever turning. You can fight against it, but like, you know, when your time's up, it's, 
do you want to go kicking and screaming? And I and I I can think of a few people I know who are like, no, no, fuck this. Ah! <laughs> like, like and, I, and there's no sh- and there's no shame in that, by no. the way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's one way to deal with it. Um, or do you want to accept what it is that's coming, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Um, and, and there's something kind of beautiful about that of the two of them deciding to go in each other's arms. Doesn't have to be gracefully. It doesn't have to be perfect. They just made a choice of let's embrace, let's have this final moment together, which to us can seem like forever. And there's something beautiful about that of, of, uh, you know, uh, the endless frozen moment that I spent in Shuichi's arms. I mean, God, I'd be so lucky if I could, if, 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 if that's the way I go out with my wife and that's, that's, you know, the, the, the way I see eternity or anything like that. So I, I totally agree with you. This ending really solidifies why I love this story so much. It's been a couple of years since I've read it, but man, when I got to that part, I was like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> why I loved it so much. Uh, I love it, dude. Yeah, I'm super glad I decided to finally finish this manga. And thank you so much for being able to to talk about it with me, because you've definitely brought some stuff to the table that I hadn't thought about or some stuff that I just wanted to talk about more. Um, So anyway, King, uh, final thoughts and ratings about Uzumaki. Yeah, I, I said it previously, um, myself included, and a lot of critics and most people consider this Junji Ito's best work. I agree with them. Uh, I I checked uh, on my Annie list. What did I give this when I first read it? I gave it a nine out of ten. Okay, which is pretty crazy. But fuck it, let's roll the dice. I've had a drink or two. I'm keeping it a nine out of ten, folks. Oh. This is this is he's the, there's a reason they call him the master of horror. I I absolutely recommend starting with this. Go check out Gyo. Go check out. Um, uh, Black Paradox. There's so many. Uh, Tomie is another classic. Oh, and we didn't even talk about this. I want to finish with this. Uzumaki hype is still going on. Toonami is supposed to uh, release the anime that they've been working on for three or four years now, delayed due right. to the pandemic, obviously. It is supposed to come out at the end of this year. Um, it might get pushed to early 2024, but the last uh, Adult Swim commented, because I, I looked it up right before we started recording, as far as Adult Swim goes, it is still coming out at the end of 2023. We might get the uh, heavily awaited Uzumaki short anime series on Toonami. I am crossing my fingers. They have done uh, a rough job on a lot of Jinji Ito's creations when it comes to anime. So this could be the thing that really propels him. And I wish him all the love in the world. I love that dude. Such a sweet guy. Go check him out on the social medias too, because he's just adorable. He's like a nice, good guy. And I love to see that. Absolutely. I I second that. Everything I've heard about Junji Ito is wonderful. And I think that if they do it, I I don't think it's a problem of, it's a manga that can't be adapted. I just think you have to understand horror better than i think you understand anime and um if they do it with a horror focus rather than an anime focus i think they can get it done uh but anyway as far as i go final thoughts and ratings uh this is this is what i want from horror this is the best cosmic horror i've experienced and i want to find more stuff 
just like this. So I'm sure I'm going to delve into more Junji Ito manga. Um, full disclosure, I, I rate horror on a completely different scale than I rate everything else because the rules that apply to a, a battle shonen, for example, do not apply to horror. I don't, you know, I want the power system explained in Hunter Hunter. I don't want the spirals explained in horror. So everything that like it it gave me, I have I have really no flaws other than maybe there were some disjointed parts, but then especially reviewing it and realizing how they all kind of culminate. As far as I'm concerned, I I would be bullshit myself if I didn't give this a ten out of ten. Is it Let's just, go. Ugh. I, like compared I love to it. compared to other shows of different genres, like it's just a completely different scale. So like as far as horror goes, this this has topped Halloween, the original for me, is like my the best horror media I've experienced. And that's saying something, because I thought the original Halloween was fucking awesome. Go check out uh, a review I did last year with Danny at Anime Summit. Great, great movie. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, I I got no I got nothing bad to say about this dude. This is if this is his magnum opus, I get it and it makes fucking sense to me. Oh, that makes me so happy hearing it, man. This is what if what a I'm so glad you hit me up for this one too cuz I get to spread my love of Junji. Um it, it just just hearing that you enjoyed it so much too makes my heart sing right now, man. That I I, I got a big old smile on my face right now and I and I love it, man. I love it. Hell yeah. I'm I'm happy, King. I'm happy. Um if people want more of that smile, even though they, I don't think you guys do video, but if you want to hear King smile, King, tell everybody <laughs> again where they can find you and what you got going on. If you liked the cut of my jib this last two and a half hours at this point almost you can come check me out on my podcast called Anime Plummet. I host with three other good friends of mine, Gizmo, Mike, and Ed, my brothers in arms. We are part of the Anime Summit Network. You can find us on all the streaming platforms that you check out. Just type in Anime Plummet um, or go to links.animesummit.net. We've got a raging discord that is a lot of fun. We do manga clubs. We've got a Patreon for early access and bonus content, so please go check that out on Anime Summit. Um, and I will just leave with this. It has been so much fun over the past couple of weeks getting to hang out with you and talk with you, Earthworm. I really appreciate the help you provided with me uh, when we were talking about podcast gear and, and strategies and all this cool stuff. You coming on to my personal show, uh, King's Drunken Court, which we'll be putting out in the next week or two here. So definitely go check all of that out. and. I think a lot of folks my age at 32 can agree. It's fun when you make a new friend as adult, as an adult. And uh, <laughs> dude, it's 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 like it's been a real treat getting to hang out with you, man. And I, I can't wait to do more with you. I really mean that. Dude, same. And you've always shown the podcast a lot of support. And I, I that does not go unnoticed from us. I've always I've always known who the king of Telluride is, and I will never forget. Um, as far as Anime Brothers goes, you know I'm not going to waste any more time. This is a long podcast. All the links are in the show notes, Patreon, socials, all that shit, along with links.animesummit.net. All of King's links will be in the show notes, so you don't have to remember shit. Just scroll down and, like, click a link, and you're right there, baby. That's all you need. So until next time, when I am joined again with my blood brother, JD, I have been Earthworm. This is King over here from the Anime Plummet Podcast, and we are signing out. Hey.